Welcome back to the Upper Tier Podcast, the football podcast that we bring you each and every day, practically at this stage, on the Dynamo Podcast Network. Head over to YouTube, smash that subscribe and bell notification button to get the latest content updates. And joining me today for a very very special episode where we're going to be looking back at Premiership Legends, Alex Byrne. How are you, Alex? Good, thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I'm quite excited for this uh, topic that I'm really, uh, and a man that I'm really excited to discuss with you. And the other man that's joining me, of course, the podfather of the Dynamo <laughs> Podcast Network, <laughs> Mr. Ian Kelly. How are you, Ian? Excited to be on here as well. It's good to have a, it's good to be on a show where I finally have two Chelsea fans and no one else other than a host yeah. wearing a Liverpool jersey, but that's all right. <laughs> well, well, I'm sure our viewers can gather looking at the jerseys. Forget about my shirt. I wore it out of respect because this man broke my heart so many times. Uh, <laughs> out, out of respect. I did wear the blue headphones, though. I didn't have a blue shirt, yeah. obviously, being a Liverpool fan. Um, <laughs> this is a, we're going to kick off. This is a, a Premiership Legends series that we're going to look at, and it was triggered basically by me the other day. Um, where a certain journalist from a certain paper that would never, ever be mentioned on this show, no matter what, um, turned around and said that Sergio Aguero was the greatest foreign import into the Premiership. Um, and that took me back a little bit. I started going through names in my head. and I mean, obviously, for any Manchester United fans out there, Peter, Michael jumps to mind. But I said, I'm going to kick off a Premiership Legends series. We're going to do two a month. And I thought there was no better place to start. I mean, everyone would expect you to start with Frank Lampard and Stephen Gerrard and Roy Keane and Patrick Vieira and all these guys. Alan Shearer, of course. And all. Yeah, but I said, there's no better place to start than with Mr. Didier Drogba, mm-hmm. who is an absolute legend of the game, who broke my heart on many occasions <laughs> and has been described as the man that changed the view on strikers in the Premiership by going with one up top and absolutely acting as a battering ram against defences and destroying them. So we're going to take a look at his Chelsea career today. And as I said, I couldn't think of two better guys to come on the show, <laughs> especially for a, an early morning kickoff for us. Um, yeah. uh, so where, where do we begin with this man's career? Um, I mean, arrived into Chelsea from Marseille. Um, 35 appearances for Marseille, 19 goals. Obviously prolific in the league, but again, signing a man like this always a risk. But I this man, you've... he was an absolute powerhouse. Alex, mm-hmm. actually, I thought about that this morning. Sorry, Alex, you can chime in. I'll, I'll actually, I wonder, Alex, uh, at the time, before you kind of talk about O'Grady, is, do you remember like the year before, obviously, when we had that just FIFA fucking overload? Where, yeah. You know, <laughs> like, I mean, for Signing me... everyone. Oh, like when we, because we were linked with Christian Vieri and I was like, mm. oh, fuck. And then we got Crespo and I was like, this is even better for me. Yeah. Crespo was probably my favorite number nine on the planet at that time. And when Drogba came in that year with Mourinho, I was like, I love everything Mourinho's doing, but sending Crespo out on loan and buying mm. this lad to replace Crespo, I'm not really happy with it. I just yeah. wanted to start that narrative off. With, with, yeah, with I was going to touch on that because, I mean, when he was signed, uh, I think he was signed for $24 million, which at the time yeah. was a pretty yeah. fucking substantial amount of money. But um, I remember Mourinho, the conversation he apparently had with Abramovich, Roman was like, I'm not 100% sure about this guy, but Joe's was like, no, look, just pay the money. Don't ask questions. Just get me this guy. And I always remember in the media, uh, the media were trying to have a go. Mourinho going, oh, you've signed this guy from the French League for 24 million. I think it's a waste of money. He's 26. He's this and he's that. And Mourinho's famous quote about Drogba was, don't judge him now. Judge him when he lives. Let's see what he does. Yeah. Mm. 
And if you remember, like his first couple of seasons, he was, you know, that great striker up front. He scored two goals in the League Cup final that year against Liverpool at the time. Um, and he was, yeah, he was a powerhouse up front. But I think it was the third season when he got, you know, we'll admit the first couple of seasons he was a bit, uh, he was a bit thought. theatrical. Yeah, he was a bit theatrical with his diamonds. And once he got that out of his game, the 06 07 season, man, like I think he scored 33 goals that year. He was that, was, that was that was the season, yeah. Because I think that first year he came in, everyone thought Kesman was the bargain. Because we got yes. like five million, and Kesman had been like pumping thirty plus goals a year in the Dutch league, and everyone thought he's come from PSV. The last striker to come from uh, PSV to the Premier League done pretty all right for himself. Mm-hmm. A certain real Van Nistelrooy. So <laughs> I think people were like, "Whoa, this is this is pretty good business." But then obviously one bombed, and but I think we did see early on there. That's a great point you made, Alex. We did see early on that. Drogba starts scoring goals in big games. And, like, namely, there's two teams in particular, and they both wear red and white, and it's Liverpool and Arsenal, that in particular fucking probably couldn't stand the sight of the, of the lad. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially Which, Arsenal. Like, he had a... Oh, that, I think it was 12 goals in 12 games. Well, I mean, it goes to show, I think, how popular Drogba was and just how good of a guy he was. Because I was actually talking to a friend of mine last night who was an Arsenal fan, and I was on the podcast. And he yeah. said, man, he said, he scored 12 goals in 12 games against us. I used to hate the sight of him. Oh, my God. He goes, I still love the man. He goes, I thought he was a legend. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. I think most neutral football fans would turn around and be a fan of Didier Drogba. He was an absolute powerhouse. I'd also mention that that, that season where he scored the 33 goals was for our, for our Irish viewers. He took the 11 jersey off Damien Duff, who moved out that season. Mm. Did you? Which yeah. was obviously a catalyst for a great season as well. You know what I mean? Do you remember that famous? I mean, and they weren't just like, like, let's look for anyone that wants to go because he's had two seasons with Chelsea where they were super prolific. Yes. Um, one where he won the gold. I think he won the golden Blue twice, didn't he? He won it that year. And then yeah, the, I think. Then the year with Ancelotti as well. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. He won it. So, he scored 37 goals in Ancelotti that season. Yeah. That was when he got the hat trick on the last day to win. Yeah. It. Yeah. When he had the hissy fit because he couldn't take the <laughs> But, uh, I just wanted to kind of add to that. Like, I mean, it's just by the same token. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Chelsea man, but I have all the respect in the world for like a Dennis Bergkamp and a Thierry Henry. Do you know mm. what I mean? Even though I fucking hated playing against them. Same with Fernando Torres. Like, I mean, that I wanted to punch the head off Fernando Torres when he played for Liverpool. I, I wanted like, to punch the head off little, when he played for Chelsea. Look at this little blonde highlighted <laughs> bitch going scoring goals and trying to start on John Terry. The day, the day he signed, I was like, fucking always loved Torres, me. <laughs> We should also um, we should also mention he was the first Chelsea player since Kerry Dixon to score thirty plus goals in the league. And that's that's what I was going to say, Noel. Do you remember that? Fa- I mean, the goal of the season that year for Drogba uh, had to be the volley on the chest in the last minute against Everton, like from yes. forty yards out. I mean, mm-hmm. literally, literally, it was two two. I think Lampard scored a belter from like the most ridiculous yeah. game as well. And then Drogba. I mean. This this is as you as you create the narrative, Noel. This is the measure of this man going forward from that season. That's really when he kicked on, and he was big game drumble. You know what I mean? Mm, the yeah. African team was born. He, he's one of those strikers that I always remember. Like like you hear about a lot of prolific strikers out there, but you know they're always banging in four against Wrexham or five against yes. Lincoln or whatever it is. You know, this yeah. man scored so many goals to get Chelsea over the line and win games and win trophies. He was always there in around the winning goals, yeah, um, which were so important. You know what I mean? Um, 
And if you look at that record in finals too, I mean, nine goals in nine different finals. Like, I mean, I know as you touched on there, Ian, he only had, I suppose, he only had two prolific seasons where he scored 20-plus goals, up to 30 goals a season, 30-plus goals a season. But <laughs> yeah. if you look at our finals or against the big teams, if we played against, you know, an Arsenal, played against a Liverpool, we were playing against these decisive teams. He was yeah. always, always, always a man that scored. And even that season you touched on, his prolific season, that's when he really arrived too. He had that goal, as you said, against Everton. The volley against Liverpool on his left foot. Oh. He had uh, what was the other one? He had the uh, the goal against Barcelona where he turned on the edge of the box and buried the top corner in the group stage. Yeah. But that yeah. season as well, we won the Carling Cup and we won the FA Cup. Two goals in the Carling Cup final to win two one, and the goal in the Cup final to win one 0 So that's when you sat there and go, okay, he's the man for this occasion. He's the man who's going to win us these trophies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. always you always felt when he took to the pitch that he like. You know, he fed off it and he embraced it and he wanted it so much. You mm. know what I mean? Like it, you know, it, it's weird when you look back on some of those goals he scored now because you know VAR might rule them out for like graveless bodily harm on defenders or something. <laughs> like that Jamie to... Carragher didn't Jamie Carragher say that he was the yep. he was the hardest defender he's ever played oh. against? You remember remember yep. that famous um, that famous one where Carragher said, "I'm going to actually do him here," and he mm-hmm. ran. He had a full fucking pelt and he ran into the back of Drogba to knock him over and Carragher fell on his own arse. Yeah. <laughs> and there was that, um, Carragher's admitted he had a blow of Benitez. They were playing Chelsea and uh, mm. Rafa was basically saying, you know, you're not doing a good enough job on Drogba this. And the famous Carragher one, as he said to him, boss, he's bigger than me. He's faster than me. He's more skillful than me. He can score from 40 yards and he's stronger than anyone on the team. What do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I loved, I loved the Carragher Drogba battles. I have to say, and it's kind of yeah. where when I look back on it now, I have so much respect for Carragher because he's quite an honest guy too when he talks about it. You know what I mean? Mm. He, you know, because Carragher does give that impression of being the hard man, but he's also honest. You know what I mean? He's like, I can't yeah. do anything against this fucking behemoth <laughs> because when you look at Drogba, like he wasn't, it, it wasn't like he was Hulk. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't like big mad traps or fucking, yeah. you know. But he was cut like like a uh, like a middleweight boxer or something. That's mm. what he was cut like, and his strength in his core was just ridiculous. And as Noel kind of, I think Noel or you, Alex, alluded to his first two seasons, where you know the Mourinho tactics of diving and stuff like that, he yes. kind of gradually got that out of his game. And uh, I think that particular year, I think Ancelotti was the guy that really cut that out. Mm. And you know, funny enough, an Italian cutting out a. Uh, I think think as well we did well to keep him because when Mourinho was sacked in 2007 the big talk there was all the players were very upset but the big talk was that Drogba was going to leave every kind of summer it was okay this is when Drogba was going to leave you know he's going to go here he's going to go to yeah he's going to go to Inter to be Mourinho he's going to go to Madrid to be Mourinho but no he always stuck with us he stuck with us for eight years and like I mean I was kind of saying to people as well, I'm, I, I'm sure you agree, and like we talk about these players that play for the club, like Lampard in there in the post behind us. We talk about Lampard, we say, you know, what a player, you amazing player. We talk about Terry, exact same. We talk about Czech. Yeah. But when we talk about Drogba, this is, I don't know, it's just kind of emotional. It's like, oh, here's a, what a man, just what a man. It's, you know, like one thing, I'd, and I'll pass it back to you, Noel, sorry, just one thing I wanted to say as well, like in terms of his mental strength, when you think about it, it's ridiculous, because think of the strikers that he had to overcome to always get his place back. Like yeah. Crespo, boom, sent him out alone. Next year, Crespo comes back and they were able to work together. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he, then Shevchenko comes in. You think Shevchenko fucking literally at, in the last five years have probably been the superstar of European football. No, Drogba takes a spot back. Uh, Anelka comes in, they find a way to work together, which is a beautiful partnership, I have to say. But uh, yeah. again, 
Drogba comes out on top. Like Torres comes in, Drogba on top. Like he just like that mental strength. I think as well is something that that people kind of overlook. I think when they're talking about Drogba. I think mm. I think when you look at him, like you know, I mean, we always talk about Lampard and Terry and all being Chelsea boys. But he was kind of like the foreign version of a Chelsea boy in the yeah. team, wasn't he? He yeah. was that yeah. like he yeah. fitted in with the band, if you like, or the click, if you like. And his, his performance was unbelievable. He was also the the first Chelsea player since uh, Gianluca Vialli to score a hat trick in the world, which yeah. is absolutely huge. Two thousand and seven, he was named Ivory Player of the Year. Had an outstanding international career with the Ivory Coast. One hundred and five games, sixty five goals. Good Jesus, I have to say. I just want to interrupt for one second. This is all, I just wanted to show this on the thing. World Cup in 2010 in South Africa. Ireland weren't there, so it was a new team to support. Look at that. <laughs> World Cup 2010. They were my team. Yeah. I remember when Drogba scored against Brazil. I was celebrating so much. It was Ireland. It was Ireland in reverse as well. Exactly. We know, we know Ireland has a big kind of African culture now as well. So I remember that year as well. Of a lot of uh, there was a lot of either Arsenal fans, you know, cheering Ghana and stuff like that. But yeah. uh, I remember all the Chelsea boys. I was like, well. It's Ireland in reverse anyway, the Ivory Coast. <laughs> yeah, it's mad, isn't it? And the jersey ain't too dissimilar from a Brazilian jersey anyway. No. Um, no. Yeah, so then we uh, we look at the, you know, he was um, he was named in the PFA Premier League Team of the Year and only missed out on the Player of the Year award to Cristiano Ronaldo, which is, you know, pretty decent. Which is fair. Yeah. Which is fair. Um, what else do we look at here now? Two, uh, December 2007. He was voted fourth in the FIFA World Player of the Year, and he was only behind. Here's some names here. This is the company he was keeping: Kaká, Lionel Messi, and Cristiano Ronaldo. And I mean, yeah. you know, if you're coming forward to any of those three, I mean, you kind of feel like a winner, don't you? Do you remember? Uh, remember that battle, like that rivalry Chelsea had with Barcelona as well. Yeah. Well? Um, and I remember Ronaldinho and Messi had both for every year in their team of the year always had Drogba as their striker. What does mm. that tell you? Do you know what I mean? Absolute powerhouse. Um, so then we move on. Um, let's talk about the, the first Champions League final, which is always the, the, mm. tougher, the tougher one to talk about. You know. Yeah. Um, I was reading an article there the other day and um, uh, I think the assistant coach at the time came out and said Drogba was actually the man who was supposed to take that fifth penalty. Yes, Taylor. he was. Um, and, and how different history could have been written um, only for a moment of madness with Vidic who basically annoyed every striker really, you know? um, what's, what's your memories of that final I mean obviously it must have been massive disappointment and- Alex can go on this first <laughs> while I, I get think, any thoughts <laughs> I think that I will say how I used to feel compared to how I feel now I remember at the time, I mean, I'm sure you were the same, and I was devastated. I'm sure you probably were as well, not as you know, you win the Champions League. I was absolutely devastated. But um, I suppose it wasn't just the way we lost. There was always this kind of like old adage of, you know, Chelsea have come closer than any team to winning the Champions League without winning it. You know, we'd been knocked out of three semi-finals by this stage. We'd finally made the final. We'd come from, we'd basically gotten one penalty away from winning the Champions League and unfortunately JT at the post. And you're kind of sitting going, how much closer can a team get to actually winning it without winning it? But I'm a firm believer in that. You know, the 2004 semi-final against Monaco, 2005 semi-final against yeah. Liverpool, 2005, yeah, 2007 against Liverpool, 2008 yeah. final against United, 2009 semi against Barcelona. Every single one of those games made winning it in 2012 that much better. Like, yeah. if we, 
like because there was always a big thing of you know Chelsea having won the Champions League. There was a joke of we we've gotten so close and can't do it. It was amazing. It would have been amazing anyway. But I think without all of that backstory. Yep. It wouldn't have felt as good because people talk about Champions League wins and Champions League journeys. They go, oh, they went through this. Now, this was an eight year in the making win in 2012. And I think 2008 was a big part of that. So as much as it used to break my heart at the time, I look at it and I go, you know what? It sucked at the time, but it made, and I move out of the way, it made this so yeah. much better. Yeah. I, 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 I have nothing to add to that other than I completely agree. And, uh, like the narrative, I mean, it was literally you could make a movie out of that because yeah. everyone had thought that ship had sailed. That 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 team that Mourinho had built were on their last legs. Drogba mm. was near the end. He was he, well, he was moving club after that, and mm. um, it was kind of like shit. This ship has sailed for this. This is yeah. like as they say in ice hockey, this is a rebuild now. You know what I mean? And we're we're going back to basics. And Torres hopefully will be the guy to to kind of lead the mantle, um, mm. which he did in fairness the next season, uh, especially in Europe, but. Um, I think um, I'm sure we'll talk about Torres uh, Noel as Premier League legend as well. Like I, I just think he gets an unfair shout when it comes to his Chelsea career. I think he's done quite a lot. Um, but Drogba, like, and and here's something I'm wearing this right. The fact that Di Matteo was the man yes. in charge of that, like one yeah. of my favorite. This is one of my favorite moments. Was Di Matteo shouting that? Abramovich, I want it, I want it, you know, and, and Abramovich <laughs> just going, you know, to see Di Matteo come yeah. in there and rally the troops, the, one of the first foreign players to come in, very underrated player too, and not really remembered, you know, for everything he done, what a fucking player, um, yes. to come in and, uh, you know, to win that cup, I mean, that, that narrative for me is just, you couldn't write that. Like, if you told me Chelsea would never win the Champions League again, but that would be the moment, and that's how the story would go, yeah, I, I'm good with that. I, I always remember that one as well, because the team had him, and they were throwing him up in the air. And Demetrius yeah. wasn't a big lad. And I always no. remember, like, when you see teams throwing their managers up in the air, it's kind of slight, you know? But I remember they were throwing Demetrius up in the air, and he was catching so much air. He was going way up and way back down. Yeah. And I just yeah. remember it was unbelievable. It was um, He also passed uh, Peter Osgood's record in European football in terms of scoring, yeah. which is, this is a man now who's continually surpassing, equaling or breaking records all the time and scoring yeah. such yeah. important goals. He was also the, the first man to be sent off in the Champions League final since Jens Lehmann. And he was the first yeah. ever player sent off for violent conduct, if that's what you want to call it. This is what they call it, you know. Um, then we move on. Uh, the fucking disgrace. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, it was. I remember that and just, it was, ah, uh, I still remember that final as when I always joke, like, we played so well in that final. It was the final that we were on the back foot for 90, 120 minutes that we won. But in 2008, I thought we played so well at the time. But just to touch on the Champions League, I know you guys were talking about the team Mourinho built. Uh, fun fact, uh, that 2012 Champions League final was actually the last time that Czech, Terry, Drogba and Lampard were all at Chelsea together. Yeah. Yeah. Because Drogba came back and, Terry and Lampard had gone. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that was the last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so then we started out, we went to the 08 09 season, and um, he picked up a few injuries and suspensions. So he sort of kind of lost his place in the team. Mm. Scalari was the manager at the time, favourite, Nicholas Anelka. Again, Nicholas Anelka, another beast of a striker. Yeah, what um, a fucking. What, and that was his best. I mean, Nicholas Anelka, I'm sure you'll talk about him at some point on this series, like, enjoyed his best career at Chelsea realistically because yeah. it's the longest team you say that four yeah. years and you know incredible season sorry just yeah, yeah no problem at all. 
Then um, Gus Hiddick comes in again and obviously regains his place. Uncle Gus scores Legend. four in five games. Um, and then we move on to where uh, Carlo Ancelotti comes in. So we're seeing the the, the Chelsea manager merry-go-round going, um, <laughs> and he signs a new contract with Carlo Ancelotti. Scored his hundredth goal for Chelsea in a three-one defeat to Wigan. Um, which might have taken a little bit of the shine off it, but again, yeah, a <laughs> hundred, a hundred goals, a hundred, yeah, goals, you know? uh, helped Chelsea to a Premier League title and scored a hat trick in an eight nil win over Wigan. So that made up for the original three one defeat. I, I was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, that was his third uh, league medal. Yeah. And again, in doing so as well, he also took the golden build off Mr. You-Know-Who, Wayne Rooney, which I'm mm-hmm. sure made it so much more sweeter. Yeah, I fucking did. I remember where I was that day. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. amazing. So let's let's move on. Let's, we, we've, we've indulged a little bit in the in the, the final that you lost. Let's indulge in 2012. Ian. Is that, sorry, is that still the record as well, that, that, that season, for the most amount of goals scored in the Premier League? Or did City break that eventually, or is it... Yeah, never? City eventually broke it, but at that point, it was the most goals. And also, that was the season as well where he scored in his third FA Cup final when we beat Portsmouth 1-0. Because he'd scored that was against... also That was also the season, like a time when defenders could actually defend. Let's not forget yeah. that. I mean, you had Liverpool there with the... I mean, obviously Liverpool, well, until last year, had the best defender in the world. But, you know, they actually had proper defences. you know what I mean? Like, yes. these weekend teams could just sit and park the bus. West Ham's could park the bus. Nowadays, it's almost like fucking basketball. In some yeah. ways. Like, sorry, Noel, go ahead. Yeah, no, so let's 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 indulge now in 2012. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about that Champions League final. The great, yes, the great Bayern Munich, of course. Yeah. Um, talk to me, Ian, 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 talk to me about it. Um, that day, the final. <laughs> what was? I'll tell you. Happen? A lot of things happened that day. Um, I well, in that ninety minutes, um, my sister came out of it with a burst eardrum uh, from my voice. Uh, I know I come across nice and calm on these podcasts, you know, but I, <laughs> um, we were, we were planning to go out and celebrate. Um, we were planning to go out for a drink that night, actually purely. And I think I was actually meeting up with Paolo coach, Paul Tracy, actually. And I remember my brother going, if Chelsea lose, this is no way I'm going out with him. Cause he's definitely going to get down and riot. Like, <laughs> um, like literally I swear to God, and I'm sure Alex can, can take on from me here after this, but uh, like every emotion that you can imagine from waking up that day mm. to wondering what the team sheet will be to hearing Basingua is going to possibly play fucking center back. Uh, Ryan Bertrand, yeah. the fucking rookie is going to play on the left wing. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kalu is going to have to start and you're just like a mix of emotions where you can't actually take a step back and go, Right, how do we actually get through this? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What about you, Alex? Yeah, like it's just, it, it's one of those weird days, man. Like I know you say you've got so many days, but we're coming up to what is it now? Nine years ago nearly, but that day yeah. I can remember just everything, you know, what I did, what I wore, who yeah. I spoke to. And same. same with yourself. Like, I mean, I remember just watching the game and it wasn't like I was watching a football match. It wasn't like, okay, I was like, no, it was like, I was watching, like, we have to win this. I was like, there's oh. no. Like my 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 mind, it was like the world doesn't continue if we don't win this. Yeah, this is this is 
we have to like I, I don't know how to describe it apart from you know even the way we got there like the eight years but you know the comeback against Napoli overcoming Barcelona in the semi-final I was like you know this is it this is when we win and it was I don't know I just went in and I was like I've no doubt that we're going to win I was like this is we have to do this and we're going to do it because there's no way we don't win this and I just remember when we won man like I, I've celebrated like games I've shared on the screen but I just fucking lost it when he scored that penalty it was almost like yeah. a state of shock as well because you know you're thinking Chelsea won but you're just like oh my god Chelsea won the Champions League like this thing that we could never do this thing that it didn't we feel real though. For it. it didn't feel real until I saw the cup. Yeah. I swear to God, like, do you guys do this? You know, when it's your team and you do pussy out and you're like, oh, and you're kind of almost trying to take a sneak yeah. through your fingers, like, yeah. But as soon as I, I was like, I'm not gonna look. I just want to hear everyone celebrate or else go fuck. But yeah. I remember something in my head just went, oh, take your hands away. And as soon as I saw it drop, but as soon as it went that way, I was like. It's, it's yeah, in, like. yeah, and even the commentators, you heard them going, you know, this is meant to happen. This is exactly what needs to happen. And the one for me with that was when Robin got the penalty in injury time, and I was like, no, oh. I can't watch, but I can't have like the fingers up like that. As soon as Czech said the penalty in injury time, and that's a man that deserves just as much credit as Robin. Look at me tearing up like a pussy, remembering it. Like it's yeah. actually mad. It's actually mad how yeah. much I'm off from that day for his back. Yeah, yeah, like that's so. that's what I said to like a couple of Chelsea fans and I made. So, like I said, I'm talking to a drug today. I'm going to get so emotional. That's what I'm talking about you know we can talk yeah, about our players yeah. but when it comes to Drogba especially for that night it was just wow and I, I just um it just it felt so right you know the fact it was on penalties I always remember the line that did it for me I, I remember I was watching the shootout and it was uh Schweinsteiger hit the post with his penalty and I was about to go mm. and celebrate and then it was Martin Tyler he goes Chelsea are one penalty away but that's what they were in Moscow and I was just like Oh my god! Typical Martin Toyle. Yeah, but I was just sitting there like, oh my god! I was like, but I was just sitting there and like, I, I kind of just that's when it really hit me because I was like, oh, we're gonna win, but then it hit me like, hang on, this is the same final as four years ago. Yeah, exactly what happened. You know, a goal down to equalize, bring it to penalties, and you know, this is what should have happened four years ago. This is Drogba stepping up, and. Oh man, I just I don't know. Just as soon as he did it, it was just you know everything was just right with the bloody world. Can I say one thing? Can I just say one thing as well about how important it was for our club? Because if you remember Noel back early in Dynamo's dozen, I had Paul Canneville, the first black player to ever play for Chelsea, who is getting better now. So good, um, good thoughts and prayers with with Canneville and his family, um, Canners as they call him. But like the man that suffered the most hideous and fucking ridiculous racial abuse that you can imagine back in the day playing for the club that he fucking loves and supported and we remember Desai getting fucking stupid monkey chants and all that and he's pointing yeah. at the badge wearing this particular jersey actually yeah. going I'm playing for fucking you and to see a full circle that Chelsea just get rid of the fucking redneck white supremacy fucking element out of the club completely yeah. and the hero of Chelsea football club that had this stigma yeah. of racism is now Didier Drogba, the African king. I just thought I'd, I'd throw that in there. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, and it was just like, I mean, I, I, again, Martin Thomas Convery says, you know, he's, he's, he's a mortal at Chelsea. Like, as soon as it happened, you were like, you know, this is like, my God, I, I was, I remember saying, build a statue tomorrow. Start building a statue tomorrow now. Oh. Because it was just, again, like, it's just, it's so weird looking back nine years later because it's, it was this thing of, you know, as a Chelsea fan, I was like, you know, Especially after the United final, and then after Barcelona the next year with Iniesta's gone in the 93rd minute, which, by the way, that is the biggest robbery you'll ever see in football that game. Yep. I right. was just confined to the fact that I was like, okay, I was like, we can't 
we can't win this. But then when we got there in 2012, as soon as we knocked out Benfica and got Barca, so you know what? I, I think that we're going to get this. And everybody talks about Torres' goal in the second leg, and quite rightly, but Drogba scored the winner in the first. Yeah, Raul Morelos, but Drogba scored the winner against Barca in the first leg at the bridge. Remember that night, 1 0? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Morelos was a nice gift from Liverpool that year, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to, I, I wanted to bring you on a, a bit of an emotional roller coaster, really, which is kind of beat me to it really I was sort of thinking 87 minute you guys must be slumped in the couch thinking this is yeah. this this is the moment where my family are saying I'm not going out with him 80, 88 minute corner with Juan Mata swings in the corner must have been like slow motion for you guys yeah. oh, hits yeah. the back of the net oh. back in it yeah. and then and then riding the roller coaster of emotion all the way to penalties and surely the John Terry slip and everything else must be still in the mind, still in the background there and going, listen, yeah. we have to do it at least for John Terry. Like That's you know my I mean? reaction. Like when it went to penalties, yeah. I was like, um, I, I started freaking out. I was like, I was like, we cannot lose on penalties again. I was like, we no. cannot lose on penalties again. And it was just, yeah, man. Like, I mean, that, that equals, again, I just remember the commentary, like, you know, Stuart Martin Thailand was correct what he said. He said, you know, Chelsea just, they just won't give up in this Champions League. They just refuse. They're like, no. Neville, Neville was... blew his load again. <laughs> he did indeed. Oh! oh. But see, that's and the way. Was... Shout out to Torres, by the way. He yes, oh. he did indeed. And that was Martin Todd as well. He goes, you know, X amount of the minutes they've been on the pitch to get a drug bet in Torres and they don't score five minutes later. Bang. But, um... Oh. It was such one because, you know, you've had teams win the Champions League. You know, you've had the great Real win a train in a row. You've had Barcelona win the Champions League. You've had Liverpool, the Italian side. You've had, yeah, exactly, Liverpool. But that wow. was the one time I just saw a Champions League team win. We, we have to admit, we were not the best team in that last four. But I've just never seen a team that just was like, no, we are not going to lose. There's no team that's going to beat us. We might have been the best team, but you are not going to beat us. There's a that night as well. Actually, was the night where my uh, bad blood with Liverpool actually came to a halt. Because look, I mentioned I was out with uh, Paul Tracy afterwards, and we were drinking mm. away. And everyone know, who knows Paul Tracy knows that that boy can drink. Um, and I have to say, all the Liverpool fans, they they were the and and actually Phil Boyd, shout out to Phil Boyd as well. He was a City fan there, and he was. It was like all the teams, other than Man United, say, yeah, Liverpool, City. We're actually so delighted for Chelsea. Yeah. It's just one of those things, you know. And I think Noel, you 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 know, you can probably speak on that better than better than we can. Was that just because that you had grown up or you had been around that particular team and said they deserve it, or what was well, what was that, it? That would have been part of it. But I mean, at that time, if you remember, like the success of Chelsea and all, I mean, you guys were really the benchmark. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and like apart from, you know, I mean. Nearly all the league, you know, has disdain for Man United in, in the way because Man United tend not to, you know, react that way in reverse. You know mm, what I mean? Yes. So that's why they don't get it back. But I mean, I, I would always want a team from the Premiership to do well, yeah. um, with the exception of United because it does never recourse. Same. So Same. that's and that's that's the only reason. It's just there's never recourse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'd also mentioned that had a goal that he scored was his ninth in nine cup finals. Oof. Exactly. Oof. Yeah. That's an amazing record yeah. when you think about it. Like that's the measure of the man. He gave a penalty away then an extra time. Oh, I remember, <laughs> I remember. I got I just sank back into my seat. But <laughs> if I could just go to your point there though, a mate of mine, if we could tie it back into this, because I a good friend of mine, a guy called Paul, 
I talked to him about that final and he says, you know, he basically said for that final was more or less a Chelsea. He's a Liverpool fan, but he said for that final, he was a Chelsea fan. He said when Chelsea won, he reacted like a Chelsea fan. And he, I said the reason wasn't because, you know, he wanted the team to do well. The main reason, he always says to me, that he wanted Chelsea to win the final and react the way it is because he wanted Drogba to win the Champions League. He says, yeah. I want him to win. Yeah. 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 So then we, we go to November. In November 2012, there was a poll of 20,000 Chelsea fans. And I'm only going to assume that all 20,000 voted the same way. But they, <laughs> Didier Drogba was voted the greatest ever Chelsea player. Yeah, I have that magazine still. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, then he goes out there and he, um, like, this is where we see Mourinho. Mourinho moves on, and I heard an interview with Didier Drogba where he says that he was in tears when he found out that Jose Mourinho was leaving. He had yeah. such on for Jose Mourinho. Yeah. Um, and so I, was I. <laughs> but it was just, you know what I mean? It, Same. It, it, you know, it was nearly, sometimes I looked at it at times when you're saying the two of them interact, and it was nearly like that father and son relationship. Yeah. You know, yeah. like he, Mourinho did so much for his career and he did so much for Mourinho's career as well. Yeah. You know? So, 2014, let's teleport to that. He had left and then he comes back. Yeah. A prodigal son returns and we start, it starts off with Jersey Gate, <laughs> where I think, <laughs> I think he had three different jerseys yeah. in the space of a few weeks. Um, what was it? He took over. What did it start out with? No, less from Mo Salah. Yeah, Salah was number 15, yeah. and then Salah switched to number 17, so Drogba yeah. gets all number 15 back, but Oscar, who was number 11, said, well, you know what, I'm going to take number 8 that's been vacated by Lampard, so Drogba took 11, which left Salah standing there like, right, I'm not sticking around here. <laughs> I'm going to Fiorentina. <laughs> I'll win a Premier League with a different and, team. And, <laughs> and, and thank God he did. <laughs> well, well, we did mention we did mention that Liverpool gave us two gifts in Torres, although a very expensive gift in Torres, uh, and then a, a, you know, although they gave us the gift of Ben Oyun, which we won't speak about. Uh, but <laughs> Raúl Morelles, that one season he was at Chelsea, I thought he should have been kept. Just I yeah. know it's off topic, but uh, no, it's 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 what that that Drogba return for me. It was actually it was kind of like I was delighted to see him back, but at the same time I was like. You know, you had the perfect ending, but then I mean, he came on and he scored a goal against Man United, like yeah, you know, another header. And I was like, "What you know? What everything's right with the world again." So if that's the only goal he scores this season, that's that's good enough for me. And he also picked I up think... a goal, picked up a goal against Schalke as well. Yeah, and he yeah. scored against Spurs. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. He also, yeah. when we were going for the title, I remember there was a game against Leicester where it was toward the back end of the season. We were one 0 down at half time. And Drogba scored the equalizer in that game to get us on our yes. way to pick up three points yeah. to push the title. So, and people say we brought him back, and you know, oh, he was, oh, we brought him back. It was a thing. It was just a sentimental thing. No, he played well that season. He yeah, got a few yeah. good goals again, as you said, a great goal against United. I remember that game. They well, equalized in the ninety-six minute and acted like they won the bloody league. But, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. It was, uh... and yeah, like he just um. And I think it was his personality too, because a lot of players say, you know, if you look at our title celebrations that season. Everybody wanted to be beside Drogba. Everybody had their arm around him. They were hugging him. He had the pictures. Remember, they, he was sitting in front of the band and they put the crown on his head as well. Yeah, I remember. That's, yeah. Uh, that's a, a, an image I have trapped in time. Like, do you know what yeah. I mean? Back in, and you end, talk about the perfect send-off as well. For me, Drogba at Chelsea had two perfect send-offs. He had the first one in the Champions League final, scored the win at penalty, 
absolute hero. But his last game in the Premier League for us in 2015, you know, he gets carried off the pitch by all the players to applaud. And I was like, you know, if ever a man deserved an ending like that, it was him. Yeah. Yeah, and just to touch on as well, the Schalke goal that he scored was his 50th goal in European football. 50 wow. goals in European football. That's big. That is yeah. big. And you can imagine the level the level of European football he was playing at, you know what I mean? He scored 50 yeah. goals. Yeah, Man United fans still try and be salty and say that he, he wasn't prolific. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sure. Look, the, the salt runs runs deep in their veins, you know. Yeah, if so. I could point out again as well, like I mean, I've seen that argument too, where people go, "Oh, you know, Darren Ben scored more Premier League goals than Dragon." Like, yeah, but you know, how many goals did Darren Ben score in the Champions League final? How many cups did he win for his teams? He had two prolific seasons, Dragon, and there were some seasons where he didn't score as many as some other world class strikers. But look at Thierry Henry, never scored in the cup final. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I was saying earlier in the in the episode. I mean, how many goals did Darren Ben scored that led to him picking up a medal? Mm-hmm. No, that's that's the listen. Kevin Phillips scored thirty five goals one year with Sunderland, like uh, tw- two or three years in a row with Sunderland. Like, how is Kevin Phillips remembered? No disrespect to Kevin Phillips, but who are you going to have in your team? You know, well, Kevin Phillips is remembered as the man that Noel Quinn made. I'm just going to pop that in there with the Irish connection again. <laughs> Other than his kids, it's the only thing that Noel Quinn made. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I just want to say that I'm on I'm on Team Kino. Yeah. Come on, Kino. <laughs> me and Ke- me and Kino have made up since the last time I was having a rant about episode. it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, Alex, um, favorite goal from the man and favorite moment. Well, it's got to be two on the one. Favorite goal in the moment has to be the Champions League final 2012. I mean, there's so many great moments with it, but that for me is just I don't see anything ever topping that as a Chelsea fan. Yeah, I'd agree. Well, I mean, lads, this this has been absolutely brilliant. It's been, uh, I mean, we couldn't kick off a better Premiership Legends series than with you two guys and talking about Didier Drogba. Um, I kept it a secret from Ian yesterday, and then I hit him up and I said, we're doing a Premiership series. And I said, uh, and he was saying, so who are you doing? And um, I said, well, you wouldn't believe it, I'm going to be doing Didier Drogba. And I don't think he expected me to say that. Mm. Um, but absolutely yeah, fabulous. You messaged yourself out of the blue yesterday as well, going, hey, I'm doing a Premier League podcast. You want to talk about drug? But I was like, just name the time and I'll oh, be there. <laughs> same with me, man. I was I was like, on my day off, I was like, yeah. it's half nine. That's all right. Yeah, I'll give it an hour. All right. Yeah, that's grand. I was just waiting for that Zoom uh, link. Yeah. Uh, well, as, well uh, as always, um, head over to YouTube and smash that subscribe or bell notification button. As always, support Irish Podcasting. You will also find us on Anchor, Spotify, and Podbean if you prefer the audio versions. Lads, it's been wonderful having you on. And no doubt we will touch again because there's plenty of Chelsea Premiership legends still to come. So for me, till next time, thank you.